time for the Blind Broadcaster Podcast presented by the Luther King Broadcast Network. Each episode, Luther King sits down with fellow broadcasters to get their insight into their passion for broadcasting and discuss their career journey. Blind from birth, Luther King has never let that stop him from attaining his goal on becoming a blind broadcaster. And now, here's the blind broadcaster himself, Luther King. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Blind Broadcaster Podcast, proud entity of the Luther King Broadcast Network, and you can find out more information about the network by logging onto the website, LutherKingBroadcastNetwork.com, looking up the Luther King Broadcast Network Facebook page, and the Blind Broadcaster Podcast Facebook page. My guest today is the lead broadcaster for Sports Spectrum, the lead writer for Sports Spectrum Magazine, and the head producer on the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. My guest today on the Blind Broadcaster Podcast, a proud entity of the Luther King Broadcast Network, is Jason Romano. If you'd like to get in touch with me directly, you can do so. Email luther.king.tsb at gmail.com, Twitter at king underscore tsb, on Instagram at lking.cardinalsfan85. If you have suggestions, questions, comments, or concerns to improve the podcast. Normally this would be a podcast about talking to blind broadcasters about how they made it to where they are. More around about way, it still is. Because this person is the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. And now, him and his team have created the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network, which includes Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, which dropped a new episode of their pod on Wednesday. But I'm speaking to the curator of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network and the host of the Sports Spectrum Podcast, which comes out twice, possibly three times a week, depending on how many times I record out of the week. And you can catch that on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast directories. I am joined today by Jason Romano. Hi, Luther. How are you, buddy? Really good. So I listened to a little bit of your story on YouTube Mm -hmm. and where you're based out of in your your youth. Was that where you, you were originally living or... Was there another place you were that you grew up in that led you to being a part of Sports Spectrum? Yeah. So as a kid, I grew up in uh, Albany, New York, which is the capital of New York State, it's oh. about two, two hours north of New York City. Cool. And that's where I basically spent all of my time until I was 26 years old. And uh, so I grew up there and I, you know, I love sports as a little kid. And that was my uh, you know, that was my God. I tell people that was my, that was the only <laughs> thing I cared about was sports as a kid. And, uh, I love sports. I'm glad I got to, you know, take an interest in it because it's helped take me to the career that I've been able to have. Uh, but I loved it, you know, and I got to play sports. I got to watch it. I studied it. I had notebooks as a kid, keeping stats of my favorite players. And uh, that's where it took me, you know, initially into the world of sports. And then I went right. to college Worked in broadcasting, obviously worked at ESPN, and now I'm with Sports Spectrum. Okay, back up a little bit. Okay. Where, what were you doing? Well, let me back up even further because there's a lot to unpack here. So, okay. Excuse me if I have to backtrack just a tad. But what college did you attend? And was communications and broadcast journalism one of your main focuses, or did you have a minor in something else? It's a great question. When I was a kid, uh, well, when I was in high school, I realized I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. So the next best thing was to talk about professional athletes. And that's when I made the decision to go into broadcasting. So I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't, I, I wished I, you know, we had grown up in a family where I could have gone to Syracuse or Northwestern or one of the big, you know, journalism schools in the yeah, country. W-A-E-R. I hear constantly about it from the folks that I went to Syracuse. And yeah. it was like, that was their big break. Yes. They were and I, at WAER and other stations like that on how they were able to perfect their craft. That's right. So I was not able to get there because uh, of a variety of reasons. But what I did uh, do was I looked up the community colleges in the area that I lived in, in New York State. And I said, all right, what has the best two-year broadcasting program sure. around? And so it was a college called Cayuga Community College. Which uh, ironic, yeah, I know a lot of. I think there's been a lot of folks that have come out of there. Thirty minutes west of Syracuse, ironically, um, wow. and so I went there, and I got to tell you, Luther, from day one at 18 years old, I was hosting my own radio show. 
I was learning on the job and just having an absolute blast. I was terrible at what I was doing, but I was learning. Uh, and it, it gave me the itch to scratch really early on of broadcasting. So I went there. When I finished, I took a couple years off and I worked at a hospital. I worked at a toy store. I didn't go into broadcasting at 20 years old. And so I was were those yeah. jobs for the hospital or working at the toy store to kind of get you some extra cash so you can kind of keep yourself kind of financially secure so you can have kind of a fallback plan just in case college didn't work? Yeah, sort of. I think I was 19 when I graduated with my two-year degree and then turned 20 just a couple years later, a couple months later. So mm -hmm. I was so young. Uh, and I, I think I had just done, you know, whatever it is, 14 straight years of school that I was just done with it. You just like everybody does, you know, you of go course. to school from the time you're a kindergarten and you, you, if you go to college, what I just didn't know, I think was that I could have just kept going right. and I wanted to take a couple years and just live. So I wasn't trying to, um, you know, earn money and have a fallback plan. I honestly, when I graduated my two year school. I didn't really have a pursuit to work in broadcasting, which I should have. I, I was just looking to have my own apartment and make enough money to live on my own. Sure. And uh, that's what I did for a couple of years. But then it was in 1995, and I'm an old man here, Luther. In <laughs> hey, you're, you're, look, you're, you're, not, you're not too old because <laughs> if you want to know the truth about it. <laughs> well, there you go. But in 1995, I was I only was, 10. Well, I was... <laughs> I was not. I was 22, but I was realizing I don't want to work at this hospital for the rest of my life. That's not the job I want to do. Right. And so I was actually still 21 years old, and my roommate and I had this conversation, and I said to him, I think I need to go back to school. I want to get my degree, and I really want to go for this broadcasting thing. Mm -hmm. So we went back to school. I got my uh, four-year degree from a place called New Paltz, State University of New York at New Paltz, which is... Uh, a SUNY school, and there's like seven or eight state university schools in New York called Ooh. SUNY. And I uh, got my four-year degree from there. Again, got really heavily involved in the radio station, the television station, all the journalism classes, and uh, got my degree in 1997. So I took two years off, like I said. And then I was ready. I'm like, all right, I am going to get a job in this business, even if right. I have to do it for free. And uh, And thankfully, I got a job Probably three months after I graduated, I got my first full-time job in broadcasting. So when you say SUNY schools, because I've heard of community, I've heard of JUCOs, I've heard of junior, junior colleges, straight straight up two-year community colleges. You said the one you went to after you went to the community college was a four-year, but were you able to transfer yes. your credits from that community college to finish out what you were working on? Or Correct. did you have to go through the whole process again? No, I just went for two years. I was able to transfer my degree, my associate's degree, and all the classes that I took right into the four-year school. Um, I did. It's funny. If I remember my, my junior year, which would have been my first year at New Paltz, in the mm -hmm. fall, for some reason, I decided to take a geology class. And uh, it had nothing to do with broadcasting. I had to take an elective of some sort. Right. And I was in there for a month and I said, I'm not doing this. So I just stopped and I dropped out of the class. I took my other four classes, but I dropped out. But I knew if I did that, I had to take an extra class the second semester of my junior year. So I took six classes to make up for the one that I dropped out of. Ooh. But I was able to do it. Um, I, I set a goal to get a, a 3.0 GPA in my which is may not sound like a lot for some people listening, but for me, that was a very big deal. And I got a 3.0 GPA. I graduated on time uh, the following year and a half later. And yeah, I was able to transfer all that in and get my bachelor's degree. So how much of the audio slash video training were you using when you got your first gig to working in the other facets of sports radio slash TV slash journalism as a whole? When I was in college, I always tell people, I think I learned more in the two months that I volunteered at the radio station after I graduated than I did in the four years I learned in college. And that's not a knock on college, but when you get your first job, mm -hmm. you're going, you're, you're in it and you got to learn and you got to, you got to know how this business really works. And so that's really and where I cut my teeth. 
you probably you got lucky because a lot of folks would have to do the unpaid unpaid internships, do the late night graveyard shift. I did a little bit of that, Luther. The first when I graduated, I graduated in May of 1997, and two weeks after I graduated, I just took my resume and I drove to all the radio stations that were in the town that I grew up in. Seriously, walked oh, in boy. there, handed my resume, and said, "I'll do anything, and you do not have to pay me." That's how how much I wanted to work in this business. And I think when you do that, people see that you're driven, that you're really, you know, focused, that you want to, you're not in this just for a paycheck. You're in this because you love it. And so for three months from May, well, I guess it would have been June, July, and August, I worked at that radio station that I got my first full-time job with, but I did it for free. And then in September, finally, of that fall, I started full-time with that company, but I worked for three months for free and i worked unpaid. a second and unpaid that's correct and then a second and third job the hospital job and i worked a job at a marketing fear uh marketing place just so i could live on my own and make some money but it was the experience that i was gaining for free unpaid at the radio station that really helped me get my my foot in the door how big working at the marketing firm allowed you to spread your wings a bit and say hey if i can get through TV, radio, maybe at some point in time, my faith will carry me through and I can get to a sports spectrum and I can host a show, you know, come up with podcast ideas, create this kind of feasible network that yeah. folks can listen to sports and faith-based programs. Luther, uh, that's about a 20-year period. <laughs> so when I got out of college, I worked at that local radio station for three years and had a blast. You know, at that time, I really wasn't a man of faith. I didn't really have faith uh, that I cared about. That's why I said sports was my God, because I really didn't have any interest in any kind of religion or faith or Christianity right. or anything. So right. when I when I got out of college, I was focused on broadcasting. And then when I got out of my time locally, you know, I was fortunate to get a job at ESPN and I worked there for 17 years. And so when I worked there, I mean, that's where you really become a professional and you get all the experience you can get and you work in an amazing place. You either, grow up, that, you either grow up fast or you sink trying. Exactly. And I, I grew up really fast. But then it's not until 2016 four years ago until I really started to think maybe I could use the skills, the talents, the experience that I have in broadcasting and use that for a greater purpose and use it for God. And that's where the idea came to kind of go work for a place like Sports Spectrum was as I started to think about what other avenues could I take what I'm doing, but really do it for a greater purpose. And then sure. this opportunity came with Sports Spectrum and I've been there now for almost four years. I'm trying to remember who the other person was at that point that was hosting Sports Spectrum. I think it was like Bill something or other. I don't know. Well, there was no Sports Spectrum podcast uh, ever. No, I know. I know there was. I I know there was a Sports Spectrum radio show. There was, and that was back in the '90s. And a guy named Chuck Swirsky was the host. I don't know if that name rings a bell. Uh, yeah, I've had him on the pod, and he's the voice of the Bulls, former voice of the Toronto Raptors on radio and TV. You know who he is, then. That's correct. And so That's Chuck. Right. Chuck did Sports Spectrum back in the 90s, and he really got the brand going. You know, Sports Spectrum is also obviously still is a magazine. Yep. Um, but then somewhere around 2002, 2003, maybe in that range, the radio show, you know, went awry and it was no longer around. And so I don't know the reasons behind that. But then, you know, in, it, they really focused on the magazine and creating content for their website. But mm -hmm. somewhere around 2015 or 16, my boss came up to me, my current boss, and said, we were thinking of starting a podcast and we think you would be a great person to help us launch that. What do you think? I said, yes, this is a dream. I've always wanted to host my own show since college, but I was a producer at ESPN. I was not a host. So it's not something that I was pursuing or looking to do, thinking that, you know, that I think that, you know, we had already crossed that bridge and mm -hmm. we weren't going to be able to come back, but that's not the case. And my boss, Steve, gave me this opportunity to start Sports Spectrum's podcast and host that show. And now we've we've done 600 interviews, 600 episodes of the podcast, and I'm uh, honored had, to be a part of it. So 
and you had twin sisters on what about two weeks ago yeah your podcast my math is right because i saw i saw your facebook post and while apple was going kind of screwy for a little bit mm-hmm. i was i mean i could probably have gone on tune in but i i could probably go back on tune in now and go find it no but, i can tell you who it was it was it was a twin twins who played college basketball at Stanford, Heidi Burge Horton and Heather Burge Quayla. Oh, yeah. Those two uh, came on together, which was the first time we'd ever had twins on together um, from the college basketball world. We actually had on the McCourty twins a couple years ago. Yeah, Devin and Jason, yep. That's right. And so, yeah, that was a unique interview because they have – you know, they're probably closer to my age in their their late 40s and have kids now. But I thought it was really interesting (laughs) because – they did, uh, you know, Disney did a movie on their life back in 2002. It's on. I Disney saw Plus. something about that in the description of that. Yeah. So that was pretty fascinating to talk to them. Who have been your favorite interviews or even when you were doing prep for an interview that when you looked at it, it was like, oh, man, I don't know if this is going to be a good interview. But when you walked away from the interview and you actually got the chance to reflect on it, you were like, wow, that was better than I even thought it was going to be. And I know you've had some coaches as well. Um, I think you've had a few pastors that I think you also had, you started another pod besides Sports Spectrum with football players that, you know, are Christian. Plus you have now table 40. Was that, podcast something that was in the process of being made or was it after interviewing both of them matt and uh leslie who were a part of the my favorite baseball team the st louis cardinals after they made that deal from the rockies to get them yeah like the best acquisition that they ever had well one, one of, of the best acquisitions that they ever had yeah but, i mean those two have done so much community work it's not even funny yeah they've done they're amazing people and i think for the ideas for those podcasts, they didn't come from me interviewing them, but they came from them coming to us actually and saying, "Really, hey, we're interested in starting a podcast." Leslie Holiday um, knows, you know, the people who run our ministry pretty well, and so mm-hmm. the idea of her hosting a podcast came about. But then she decided, "Hey, I think I want to have Matt do it with me," and I thought, "Yeah, Matt's got uh, a lot of cachet. His name, obviously, what you just described." You know, carries a lot I of love weight. Last week, I love last so. week's interview on that with um, Chris and Lauren Pronger. I love mm-hmm. that interview. Yeah, so love Chris it. Pronger was on there, the hockey player, and his one wife. Of my, one, one of the best, probably one of the best defensemen besides Al McKennis for the Blues. Yes, and one of the great, um, one of the great uh, ambassadors for the game of hockey too. Definitely. But what was cool was that they came to us and said, "We want to start a show that talks to couples." Mm-hmm. And yes, they've done a few individual interviews too, but for the most part, they're talking to a husband and wife team, but somebody mm-hmm. from the world of sports. So when you talk right. to Chris Pronger, you've heard Chris Pronger do a lot of interviews during his playing time, but you haven't heard his wife. Well, that's so the first was, time I actually heard them together. Correct. And that's the idea of the show was to do it like that. So that came to us, you know, I, when I first started sports spectrums podcast back in 2017, it was probably about six months to a year in that I really dr- started thinking about the idea of creating a podcast network, a network of shows, mm-hmm. different different types of shows, but all on the intersection of sports and faith. That could I love that catchphrase. So yeah, the intersection of sports and faith. That's and it. bring and I, I love when you had the guy say bringing God back into the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's some pretty sweet stuff. Well, that's the goal. I think the goal for us is to make sure that when people tune in. And not everybody's it's not everybody's cup of tea, right, Luther? But I mean, I, those that are interested, they're gonna be they're gonna be hearing Jesus brought back into the conversation. Exactly. That's how we roll. And that's the way it should be. Well, yes, I agree. I but mean, that's the way not it everybody should be, has but the not same faith. Agree with it. Well, right, but not everybody has the same faith. So there's a reason sure. why Jesus isn't in the conversation when I'm working at ESPN, because that's a secular place that right. talks about all sports. But when you're in the Christian ministry or a, a, a place where there is faith, mm-hmm. we should be bringing Jesus into every conversation for sure. Like, how did you figure out the nuts and bolts or the basics of how you wanted the podcast network being under the sports spectrum umbrella to work? 
because you only had your flagship pod is still there. But what were your pros and cons and your apprehensions of what you were wanting to try to accomplish with this network when you thought about it? I mean, how, how often did you write down things and tweak things in your yeah. head and then on paper? Yeah, not, I wouldn't say too often because initially you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the, what's the next podcast? Like what's the second podcast? And so right. we tried our hand at one last year, uh, which is still out there. It's called football Sunday and you can go and listen to it. It's a series of 12 interviews uh, that we put out last very small six minute, seven minute convert, you know, uh, first person, I guess, stories from mm-hmm. athletes. Let me put those, we put those in there and now, I would, to, I would love to, I would love to, you know, if there's someone we can work that out, bring that one kind of back in a roundabout way, sort of. Yeah. So we did that. And then now, then I started thinking, okay, when Matt and Leslie approached me, I'm like, okay, now we're going to network here and we can launch their show and then keep launching shows in the network going forward. And that's when I started dreaming about, okay, what are the type of shows that I would want? Who are the type of interviews that we want to do? Who are the hosts you know, we want to have, I think we want to have team chaplains on or pastors at some sure. point. We sure. want to have a football podcast, just a, mm-hmm. a good old fashioned football show with faith interjected into it. Cause football is such a big sport for us. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a baseball show at some point. So I'm really thinking about things like that. You know, they, they'll come to fruition eventually if, if the Lord opens up the door, but right now that's kind of how it came together. And, you know, some people will come to me and express interest in certain types of shows and then we have to obviously siphon through that. We have to decipher whether that's a good, you know, say yes or no to. We have said no to some people, and that's okay. You know, not every show fits, and we have to be okay with not every show being a fit um, right. and decipher that well. But at the same time, um, it's good to know that it's out there, the opportunities are there, and uh, hopefully this thing will grow. So the Football Sunday one, mm-hmm. I noticed you guys had – in a recent post that was like a special event that was under sports spectrum page hosted by um, Brock Hubert who still does his um, morning talk show. He used to host with Mike Salk. I don't know. Correct. If that has changed or anything. Nope. He's still doing the show. And I know it's like Brock Hubert. He had a few other guys on a Facebook live. I think it's a, what a two parter. Cause I know you had part one posted. Yeah, so I'll explain ago. that real quick. So this is a new idea that just came about maybe a month ago. We have a program. We mentioned Football Sunday. So Football Sunday is not just a podcast. It's an actual event that takes place on Super Bowl Sunday in churches across the country. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about uh, last year, I think it was in the thousands of churches that carried Football Sunday. And it's basically a sermon replacement. You know, that day, a lot of churches and pastors are trying to figure out how can I how can I speak to my congregation who's thinking about football, but still present them with a good message? Well, we have the message. We have a video of a bunch of football players talking about their faith in Jesus. And we put this thing together. It's really well done. And it runs in churches across the country on Super Bowl Sunday. So we want to promote that and do you know, something to get that out there so people know about it. So we came up with this Sports Spectrum football special that you just referenced mm-hmm. with Brock Heward. And the idea is to do four of these shows. They're sort of one-off shows once a week where Brock interviews. Last week, he interviewed Kirk Cousins and Sam Acho. Next week, it'll be Case Keenum from the Browns and um, who else is on it? Matthew Slater from the Patriots. Patriots. So, that's right. And so we'll have episode two next week. Then we'll do two more in January. And hopefully those lead up to the idea uh, for people to buy and, and get football Sunday for their church. However, this has turned into something bigger. And I think what you're going to see next fall is a potential for a weekly show like this football Sunday show every single week for a half hour online. And the idea is to, you know, talk about I hope you football. put it in podcast mode. It will be. It's, it's, on, it's on the podcast now and it, it'll, it, the audio is there. But it'll also be a video series. It'll be on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, but we're still fleshing it out. We don't even know 100% what that looks like yet. But we have, <laughs> the, we have the layout in place, I think, because now we have this idea that you know, was a pretty good one, I think, when we saw what happened the other day. And that'll help hopefully catapult us into a new idea for next year. When you came on a sports spectrum, how big was it to come up 
with a rock solid foundation to make sure that the main podcast gets off the ground and stays where it is. So you can actually start building more of a network slash company with sports spectrum as the main, you know, part of it. It's important. It really is. I mean, I think the, the foundation, I mean, all you got to do is look at your faith and the foundation is, is key. Jesus talks about building our foundation on, on the rock, right? The solid yep. rocket, not on sinking sand. And I yep. think when we, when we go forth and building, you know, a podcast network or anything that we do at sports spectrum, we want to make sure the foundation is solid before we go into it. And that's why this has taken a while. You know, the podcast started three years ago, almost four years ago, but the podcast network really didn't take shape until 2020. So the foundation needed to be built. It needed to be there. It needed to grow and it needed to be established that people would know what this show was and have an audience for it before we could start talking to people like Matt Holiday and saying, hey, you want to be part of our podcast network? He needed to, he needed to know as well that we were, our foundation was solid. That you were legit. Correct. Exactly. I mean, anybody can start anything and that's fine and that's beautiful and that's wonderful with the technology, but the foundation has to be solid. And I think we needed to build that. And uh, God opened up doors once it was time to, to do that. And that's, um, that's a blessing. What was it like interviewing the voice of the Cardinals? He's also at ESPN on TV, Dave Pash. Sure. Who was one of the awesome dudes. I hope at some point in time, I can get him on this podcast. I would bet Dave would do your show. I, I, I mean, I, I, I sent him a DM, but I don't know if he ever responded to it, but he sounds like a classy individual who I listened to all the way back when he was the voice of the orange men, when they were the orange men before they dropped them in, it just went orange. Sure. In 1998. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something about Dave Pash. He's come on my show twice. He did a second interview. His story is incredible. He's Jewish, grew up Jewish, and uh, he's got an amazing story to share, which I'm sure he would do it with you. Um, He came on a week after the pandemic hit earlier Mm -hmm. this year because he was doing the broadcast of the Utah Jazz game against Sacramento that ended up getting canceled because of the Rudy Gobert positive test that led to the entire pandemic happening. And And everything got shut down. We've been shut down ever since. Exactly. So... Dave's a great guy. He would definitely do your show. You just have to get him at the right time. And, and the best time for him is usually in June and July before football starts definitely. And after the NBA is over. So, but I, I, I bet you could get him and you just, I would, I would reach out to him in May and I bet you he'd say yes, for sure. So when you got the holidays to do this show, how often do you go back and listen to, the different podcast and do you ever critique in your head like okay if i were in this same podcast arena even though you are with your own show yeah but if you weren't the main person the guy having to put all this together work it together you know get the nuts and bolts fastened to how you want the pod to go and then make sure your bosses up top are up for it mm-hmm how often have you gone back to listen to the folks on the network and critique their stuff? And have they ever asked you for any critiques or feedback on how they can improve their work? Absolutely. So one of the little secrets that I don't put out there too often is that I produce Matt and Leslie's show. So that's, that's my job. Well, that's bonus so, right there. Right. So I produce their show. I produce uh, Recalibrated, which we just launched in November. So I produce those shows. So oh, you, I, am oh, I consistently, not only did we create the network, but I'm also working. Our, our team is very small, Luther. So right. we, when I say small for the podcast, I mean me. It's just you. Me. Right. So <laughs> we're growing. Hopefully we'll grow to more people in the future. But right now it's just me. And so I'm producing. But yes, you're right. I think Matt and Leslie they welcome feedback. You know, Leslie is great. She's like a student. She just wants to learn. And Matt mm-hmm. is a, is a, is an athlete and Matt athletes get taught or are taught and, and coached all the time. So they want to hear from me. What can they do better? Mm-hmm. How can they make the show sound better? How can the mm-hmm. quality be better? That's something I've been working on is trying to get the right audio quality for Matt, for Leslie, for, uh, uh, 
Mallory for recalibrating. We want to get the quality right, but I'm working with them on how to do interviews. What's the way to close the show? What's the way to start it? What's the best way to, to pivot from one conversation to the <laughs> next? You know, I've been working on this, on these kind of things for 25 years. So if I, I, mean, I should have, I, I want to offer that, you know, <laughs> I, I should have told you you were recording, but when my jaw said this was meeting is being recorded, I'm like, okay, good. That lets me know that it, we're, we're doing something, right? That's right. That's because right. With me, I'm pretty much besides the person helping me edit this stuff. And I, the only thing I had to do was to basically put intros together. Right. Yeah. There. Cause I, you know, I don't know how to do all the, ins and outs and nuts and bolts of editing my own show because I don't want to be the one to just take an important piece out or if it's something that's non-important where they can just clean up the file and hope and pray it actually comes out to where it's supposed to be. Well, that's why I work with Matt and Leslie. See what they do. I'll give you our, I'll give you a little inside, you know, scoop inside baseball thing. Matt and Leslie record their interview on zoom and then they send me the file. That's right. And then they send me the file. And I get the file off a of Dropbox and I download it and then I edit it and I put it together and I upload it and it goes out for the world to listen to. You know, that's, that's exactly how that's exactly. That's what we do. When I, when I first started this, I'm like, OK, how am I going to do this? And then Zoom came along and then the shortcut keys. And I'm like, OK, I can do these interviews. But the question is, who's going to do the editing? Because the main person that would help me out with this podcast with the company I'm working with is gone. So basically my production part left. So I literally had to go find another person out with production work. And thank God I've got somebody at least for the moment helping me out with that. Yeah. But I know at absolutely. some point there's going to be a time where I could lose that. And then what do I do? Leave all these interviews just stuck in here and then just hope and pray somebody once a month will actually edit it. That's yeah. I mean, a lot of the people who I know who are in podcasting, they hire they hire out a producer, and you know help have that producer help edit and take care of it, and you know pay them a certain amount of money. In other cases, you know I'm not getting paid any extra money to do Matt and Leslie's show. It's part of my job, and I am getting paid by Sports Spectrum, but I'm not getting paid extra money to do that. That's just part of my job. But there are people who who you know do a podcast on the side or kind of for fun or whatever, and the the people who do that, if they have the resources, they can edit themselves. If they don't, uh, you know, or have the money, they can hire somebody else to help them. So a lot of the athletes do that. The athletes who do their own show, they hire a producer usually outside who will help create the show with them and produce it and edit. I know uh, Nick Foles did that with his show um, with Chris Maragos, the the NFL quarterback and the former NFL player. They started a podcast back in May and, you know, they hired a producer to help them with the edits, with the the launch of the podcast. And then they were just doing the interviews and sending it to that person. So, so for you, like, when you get, when you get these pods on all these platforms, like, Spotify, TuneIn, mm-hmm. Google Play, Pandora, so on and so forth. Yep. How or what, when you look at the numbers, are you looking for? If you actually go off of the numbers on how to make sure that the podcasts and things keep growing, or is it where you just have to decide, okay, are we doing enough to keep this podcast on the air and is it worth saving or do we have to just let it go and move on to something else? Well, we haven't gotten to that yet, thankfully. Um, but I would say, you know, there's going to come a moment probably where we're going to have to say, you know, pivot to something else. There probably is going to come that moment. I don't know when, uh, let's I not hope for quite a while. I hope not. You know, I hope, Sports Spectrum's podcast continues on forever. And somebody after me takes it if I'm not the one to do it forever. Sure. But, you know, like Matt and Leslie's show, I want to do that as long as they want to do that. And they may come to me and say, in two years, listen, we're we're not able to do this anymore. We're gonna we're gonna finish up. And that's fine. So we pivot, we do one last show, but it, it exists. It stays in the podcast world forever. It's not like it disappears. You just not make new ones. Correct. You just won't make any new ones. It's just like a Netflix show or anything else that you go and listen to or watch. You know, you can 
You can find them. They're there and they're there forever. So that's fine. And I'm not too worried about that, but I hope that we can keep it going. I hope that this podcast network grows to the point where in two or three years, all of these shows are thriving and there's more shows coming along. And hopefully we have one or two, you know, really big, huge name athletes that come on board to kind of, you know, do their own show. We'll see. And if not, that's okay. You know, I keep an eye on the numbers. I keep an eye on how many downloads we have and things like that, but I'm not overly concerned with those. I just, it's important for me to keep an eye on them because we need to know if we have a healthy audience. Um, If there's partners and sponsors that want to come aboard, we need to talk to those people and see what, what fits for them and give them a, uh, an exact number of the amount of people that we have listening, you know, or downloads or whatever you want to call it. So all of those things are important and you should pay attention to them, but we really focus on just trying to make a good product. That's the most important thing, making good content. And then from there, hopefully the audience will come. Kind of like that, kind of like the baseball movie where the guy comes up to, well, who was that in that movie where the line is build it and they will come or so on and so forth. Oh yeah. Uh, Field of dreams. <laughs> there we go. Build it. They will come. And there that's we exactly go. Right. And when there he built we it, go. he built, he built a really good you know baseball field in that movie mm-hmm. and by building it people came people started to show up and our goal is to do the same thing to build a really good and we've done that hopefully a, a really good show and a really good network of shows and then once they're out there people hopefully will find them we still have to do our job to promote to let people know about it but at the same time we're just trying to build a good product and hopefully eventually uh enough people will see it and want to listen to it that that interests them how huge has family been as you've gone through this journey of faith plus the sports spectrum podcast plus the sports spectrum podcast network yeah like it's huge yeah it's huge how go ahead would you say or vital is family when you have to figure out, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. How do you make sure that you can fit in a break so you can have some family time? Well, it's a lot easier to do it now than it was when I was at ESPN because (laughs) I work from home and I can hang up with you and finish this interview and go downstairs and spend time with my daughter and my wife. Um, whereas at ESPN, I couldn't just do that. I had to finish the work. I had to stay as long as I had to stay to make sure the work was done, but family's insanely huge. I mean, I tell people, listen to this Luther, if, if people decide to go forth and, and pursue like an amazing job and a career and, you know, then they have a family and they make all this money and they're all successful in their career, but they never see their family, then is it really worth it? Then what's the point? Is it worth it? And so my answer would be no, it's not worth it. Unfortunately, a lot of people have done that and have seen sort of the the ripple effect of that in a negative way, and it's come back and haunted them. And unfortunately, there's divorces and there's you know distant parents of kids who aren't around or whatever. So mm-hmm. you see a lot of that. And for me, I was always intentional about making sure I spent time with my family. Uh, I think I'm even more intentional now because my daughter is 16 and she's only got a couple years before she's out. And going to college and, and getting ready to live her life. And so we want to be there for her as often and as much as we can right now um, to kind of get her ready. And uh, thankfully, I'm in a spot where I can do that and still do my job, still work hard, still be at places. You know, when we were traveling, I was able to travel around the country and speak and, and go cover different events and things like that. Uh, you know, and that's a blessing. But when I'm home, I'm home. Mm-hmm. I'm home and I'm home with my family and I'm there for them. And so that's big. How huge was it to tell your story at a whole bunch of, you know, men's conferences and other places you've been invited to, to just tell your story about who you are, how big faith is and knowing that you're not a professional speaker. Let's, let's, let's get that clear. We're not talking about like being a professionalized speaker, but just Jason, the human being. Yeah, that well, people get to understand, hey, behind the mic, right? Or from not being behind a the mic, there is a there is a 
person here, not just the person that's just sitting behind a microphone or a studio console or a computer. Sure. I think when I was younger, um, I was very much afraid of public speaking. I didn't enjoy public speaking. It's not something I ever wanted to do. Right. Um, you know, I was always a producer, so I was a behind the scenes guy and I wanted to make others look good, not necessarily myself. And, Mm -hmm. um, but in 2015, I was asked for the first time to preach at my church. Mm. And uh, 2016, I started getting calls to go speak at a few conferences. And I said, yes, uh, even though I wasn't comfortable doing it, I said, yes. And it opened up doors. Um, well, I'll say this, Luther, if you get paid to do something, are you a professional at it? I would say yes, right? Well, of course. So, so I've gotten paid to speak. So I guess you would say I'm a professional speaker, even though I'm not <laughs> I don't ever advertise myself as that. And I certainly don't pursue that. Sure. Uh, and you talked about, you know, Jason, the person, listen, that's when you can see the real person, when you can share your personal story, you know, I've written mm-hmm. two books and my first book that I wrote was such a personal story of my relationship with my dad. When mm-hmm. you can do that and really cut through just trying to entertain someone from a stage, but really tell your story, yeah. I think people relate to that and people sure. are, um, moved by that. And when they hear that, that's when you really can connect with people. And so that's what I've tried to do over the last few years is just be obedient to God, the doors that open up and be as open and transparent as I can about my journey. And so hopefully that it can help someone else. So <clears throat> how many people have come up to you and said, that's me, you know, many. the story you told it's kind of the life that, you know, that they are currently either living or have lived or are still trying, are still trying to figure out their path. Many, many people. Um, That's when I, that's when I knew it was time to start telling my story more um, was when people started coming up to me and saying, what you just said was, was my story. And I thought, Oh, there's people who need to hear, um, hear this because, uh, it it encourages them. The very first time I ever spoke and shared the story about my father Mm -hmm. and the relationship I had with him, the broken relationship I had with him. The very first time I ever shared that I had about four people come up to me after and say, you just told my story. Wow. And I was like, what are you talking about? No way. They said, yeah, you just told my story. I also struggle with forgiveness. I also struggle with um, stubbornness, pridefulness. Yes, bitterness, anger. I struggle mm-hmm. with that. And I said, oh, so how did my sermon help you? And they said, well, you shared it. And now I know that I'm not alone. Now I know that somebody else is going through this just like I went through it. And I thought, oh, now I see why you have me here, God. Because you want me to tell the story to give people an opportunity for them to see that they're not alone so that they can go and tell their story. I see what you're doing. And so that's exactly what happened. And uh, and what continues to happen to this day is just opportunities to be able to um, to tell my story. And hopefully it encourages someone else to know that they're not alone and that they can tell their story as well. How big, when the light came on that your story needed to be told <clears throat> was the moment you're like, okay, the light's on besides telling the story, what else can I do? And then how long was it after when sports spectrum came along? You're like, okay, maybe there's a path here besides telling my story. There's more here. Yeah, I think it was all around the same time when I when I when I made the decision to to write my first book, which was really the next step in telling my story. You know, it's one thing to go and speak and tell your story to an audience for 30 or 40 minutes, but it's another thing to write a book and to really go into the process of writing a book and again doing it well, right? I wanted to do it well. Sure. And so when I started writing my first book and then when that book came out and people started reading it, that's when I saw you know, things start to happen that I didn't think could happen, like going on TV shows and 
and doing interviews to talk about my story, you know, and, and opportunities to be previewed and interviewed by, you know, large audiences. Like that's when I was like, Oh, I get it now. I see what you were doing, Lord. Um, you know, the podcast right around the same time that I started writing my book was when the podcast and the sports spectrum idea came as well. And so they all kind of intersected together. And, you know, that was sort of the Lord just saying, okay, I'm, I'm opening up the doors for you, Jason. I need you to walk through them here. Some of it's going to be sports and faith and broadcasting. And some of it's going to be things that you've never done before, but I need you to walk through this because this is your chance uh, that I'm giving you to tell my story, not to tell your story, to tell my story and that what within, I mean, tell his story, tell God's story within yours. Correct. That's exactly right. Cause anything I do now, my goal and anything I do is to point people back to God, mm-hmm. you know, just like in sports spectrum, we say we bring Jesus back into the conversation. Well, that's, Bingo. that's my goal in everything I do and, uh, and point people back to him because he's the reason I'm even talking to you right now, Luther, it's not anything that I've done. Sure. And, uh, that's something I need to remind myself every day because as humans, we kind of get caught up in, Hey, look what I've done. Look busy, what I busy, busy. Do. Go, go, go. Look at me. I did this. I did that. Bingo. And I, hey, need to I mean, make I, sure that that's not the case here. It's God, not me. Exactly. And I mean, that's what I always do when I do this podcast. I mean, when I'm doing, you know, going high school sports, even though I'm not getting paid for any of this, at least not at the moment, but I hope that'll eventually happen. Yep. Hopefully. Absolutely. Keep pursuing but, it. I'm like, hey, if I can be the first blind PXP boys, that's the dream. Yep. But it's, you know. And that's why I tell people when they're, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who have dreams and desires. I'm like, listen, until God shuts the door, if he, if it's open even a little bit, keep pursuing it. And if he shuts the door, that just means there's another door to open somewhere else. But there'll be doors. There's always doors if you're following God. And the key is to make sure that you're walking through the right door. And I think saying yes and trying things and seeing where God takes you is a great way to see uh, where it might take you, because I think that's when you're in his will. That's when you're in his, you know, people, how do I know God's will for my life? Well, do you trust him? Are you walking with him? Have you asked him into your, your life? Yes. Are you willing to do wherever he he, t- he says to go wherever he goes. Yes. Then you're in his will. So it might not feel like something that you want to do. And sometimes it feels like something you do want to do. Like right now we're in his will because we're doing this conversation. And tomorrow I might be somewhere else at church serving as an elder or as a greeter. And that's my will at that point. It may not be my favorite thing to do, but it's something I really want to do. And so that's what I'm saying is you're in his will. I've done enough asking questions. Do you have any for me? <laughs> Say it again. I've got another question asking. Do you have any for me? Do I have any questions for you? Um, I mean, I ask questions for a living, right? That's what I do with Sports Spectrum. Of course. I, I think I would ask you, uh, why do you want to do this? Like, what's your purpose for this? Well, for one, it's a dream. It's okay. something... I've always loved and enjoyed. <clears throat> but also, it was something a friend of mine and I had a long time ago. That he was going to be a producer of mine and I was going to be able to do all this, you know, stuff. Yep. But sadly, it didn't happen that way. committed suicide and I carry the torch for him. So part of this is your dream and the other is to kind of keep his, his spirit alive. Something that he should have been able to fulfill. Yeah. But he never how long did. Have, how long have you been blind? Have you been blind your entire life, Luther? You could say that. Yeah. How challenging is that to know that, you know, you're in a medium like radio and audio and podcasting where, you know, you and I, I can't see you right now, obviously. So I no. don't even know what you look like, but we can have this conversation. And well, that, that, that was the main idea when I started this thing. I'm like, I don't, I didn't want to do video because then a lot of folks are doing video and 
you know, people who can see people by way of the video screen and so on and so forth. But if I could just do the conversation and then whoever can, you know, see the other stuff that I don't see, like the different air pockets or airwaves or whatever, because you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The stuff yeah. that you have to edit out and hope and, you know, make sure that you keep all the main things of importance in the show. Yeah. No, I understand completely. Well, I admire you, my friend. I'm glad that you're doing a show like this. And uh, I think it's cool that you have a podcast. And um, like I say, if this is your dream and certainly keeping your friend's legacy alive is also a big proponent of that. Well, keep, keep doing what you're doing. You know, you don't remember you need to do, if you're doing this, do it, whether you get paid or not, if you get paid someday, great. But if you don't, uh, keep doing it. If you have a dream and, a, and you have a passion for it, because um, that's that's what God calls us to do. I think he gives us passions and desires. And I tell mm-hmm. people I would be doing the Sports Spectrum show, whether I got paid or not as well, because I just love the show. I love doing what I'm doing. And uh, that's why I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Well, give me real quick before we wrap this up, because I know I've taken probably a lot of your time. Probably you probably have to get back to doing some editing on some other shows. Mm-hmm. Eventually, but I got a few more minutes. Got about probably 10 more minutes. Well, I'm going to try to keep this short because I know we've talked almost an hour. So, okay. However, you were talking about the podcast Recalibrate. And yes. did you get a chance to interview the person? And then how did the podcast idea for that show was it another one of those that they knew the ministry and they knew some people in it yeah. or was yeah. it one of those where it was like, this person may have an opportunity to actually do a podcast like this. Yeah, it was similar. What happened was uh, Mallory Brown is our host. Mallory already works for sports spectrums, parent company. So uh, Mallory already works for us, but she has a gift of connecting with the women. And that's her deal. She she ministers to women and to the wives and to the girlfriends and to the women in our ministry that work with professional athletes. So mm-hmm. it was a natural progression for her to do a show like Recalibrated, which is focusing on reaching the women and high, highlighting and profiling the women that are in uh, you know pro sports and outside of pro sports. So that was natural, but she's you know never hosted anything before. So she came to me and. Actually, I went to her and I said, what do you think of the idea of maybe doing a podcast? We came up with the idea, I think, in early October and we launched it November 18th. So it was only about a month after we came up with the idea. And I said, what do you think of the idea of doing a show where you would interview and highlight and profile some of the women in sports, you know, the wives, the ones that aren't seen and talk to them about, you know, what God is teaching them, what they're learning, what it's like to be in the midst of a crazy season uh, what's that like? And so she came She came back to me and said, I really am interested in this very much so. And lo and behold, we uh, we launched the show. And it, the idea of the title recalibrated, the content, that's all Mallory's idea. And I was just there to support her, there to be with her and uh, and walk along with her as she launches the show. And I produce it and I guide her and help her with equipment and help her with the ways to do the interview and the questions to ask, but it's really her show. And uh, that's the beautiful thing. I think on all this is that, um, you know, I, I can help guide and walk through and produce and set up, but you know, these people that are a part of this, it's their show, it's their show and they, they run with it and they send it to me when they're done and they pick the guests. I don't, I don't pick the guests they do. And uh, they, they interview whoever they want. And uh, it's a great thing to be a part of. Well, looking forward to getting your critiques on my stuff on podcast work. Cause I know we had you and I through email. Cause I know I sent you a tweet about it once before. Cause I was trying to see if I could get you on the show at first, but I don't know if you ever got the DM or the tweet that I sent you with a reply. So yeah, I don't know, maybe not, but I'm glad you emailed me because that, <laughs> cause, that cause I, I literally listened to that. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know. Cause for a long time, I don't even remember if you even said you had an email, to be honest with you. I don't even remember. Yeah. Well, One usually at the I beginning of back. my podcast, usually in the beginning of my podcast, I I put on the, my podcast uh, my email address. And I, a lot of people will email me that way, too. So. Well, yeah. Glad it worked out. 
Me too. It's been great to talk to you, my friend. Hope we get a chance to do it again. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and because my goal is to improve this pod too, besides having, you know, guests and hopefully some, hopefully some PXP work at some point. Cause my goal is to have this podcast and you know, have a website sort of. Yeah. And a blog, but <laughs> oh. don't, don't, I, my writing is not clean to fame. I can tell you that. No, I understand. Well, keep doing <laughs> what you're doing. Like I said, and uh, you know, if you ever need me back on the show, feel free to call anytime or text or email and you got it. You can, you can do that, but keep trying, man. Keep doing your thing. I think you do a good job. Awesome. Thank you. You got it. I mean, I, I don't know whether or not, you know, how much you actually get a chance to listen to. I don't know if there's like any like tips. Cause I know there was a lot of things that we unpacked in that episode. And I know, I kind of jumped a little bit, kind of. I didn't mean to, you know, jump you or anything. So, no, it's fine. I didn't, uh, I did, I have not listened to your show, if I'm being quite honest yet. But what I would say, my, my biggest tip with podcasting is this in interviews be a great listener. And you did that. You listened to what I had to say. And by listening, that helps you formulate the next question. And that's important because. Often we put together the questions that we want to ask, but if we and just that that's everybody's like, Oh, you need to write down your questions. I'm like, if I write down the questions, that basically says to the guests that hey, I'm not listening to you. Well, listen, it's important to do your preparation. Well, of course. Write down your questions, it's important to be prepared. But well, the course. best podcast conversations come from two people who are just having a conversation. There's no prepared um, script. And yes, there's question and answer like you and I just did, but it's also important to listen because somebody's going to say something that's going to help you or going to spur another question that you should ask and you keep going with it and you have a conversation. And that's what I've seen. That's my best tip I can give you is listen, be a good listener. I mean, do you get a chance to listen to more of the pod besides the, besides that? If you have like any like tips or format or whatever, vice versa, is that some other things that I can improve on with this pod? Plus, also help out with another one that I help out with the hopefully, if everything goes right, the other women's football team. We're doing some podcast stuff there too, so. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, you know, I'm I'm helping out there. I'm not really like driving the bus, but here I'm driving the bus. Well, my 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 other piece of advice would be to keep driving. You know, keep keep driving, <laughs> keep getting on the road and drive this bus. And uh, and the more you do it, the better you'll get. And be a good student. So listen to other podcasts. Oh, I do take, that. I do that quite often. Notes. Me too. And that's that's important. And the more you listen. The better you're, you know, I try to get my questions and, and the way I have conversations and listen to other people do it and try to take a piece from them. Um, so, you know, that's another thing is, you know, you really, you can be still yourself, liberally, but not too liberally. Well, be yourself, well, yeah. but, but listen to others and see if there's something that you can get from them to help you get better at what you're doing. My thanks to my guests this week on another exciting episode of the Blind Broadcaster Podcast, a proud entity of the Luther King Broadcast Network, the host of Sports Spectrum, the podcast, head writer of Sports Spectrum Magazine, and producer on the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network, Jason Romano. If you'd like to get in touch with me directly, you may do so by emailing me at luther.king.tsb at gmail.com, Twitter at king underscore tsb, and Instagram at lking.cardinalsfan85. And to find out more information about the Luther King Broadcast Network, log on to the website, lutherkingbroadcastnetwork.com, look up the Blind Broadcaster Podcast Facebook page, and the Luther King Broadcast Network Facebook page for more information and details about the network. Join us again next time for another exciting episode of the Blind Broadcaster Podcast, a proud entity of the Luther King Broadcast Network.
You've been listening to the Blind Broadcaster Podcast presented by the Luther King Broadcast Network. Each episode, Luther King sits down with fellow broadcasters to get their insight into their passion for broadcasting and discuss their career journey. Blind from birth, Luther King never let that stop him from attaining his goal of becoming a blind broadcaster. To find out more about the Blind Broadcaster Podcast presented by the Luther King Broadcast Network, search the Blind Broadcaster Podcast or Luther King Broadcast Network on social media or visit Luther King Broadcast Network. Network.com.